Welcome to the Becoming Eva podcast, where we discuss real life issues from a woman's perspective. Becoming Eva seeks to break the silence within the female community while fostering authenticity, transparency, and healing. We're We're your hosts, Latoya Moore and Maya Dawson. Let's get started. We made it. All right, guys. So today (laughs) is episode five. It has been one of those weeks, let me tell you. Oh, from planning this episode to arriving today with the, the snow and the storm. Oh, my goodness. And just... The traffic trying yeah. to get here was horrible, yeah. but we made it. We're here. It must be an important episode, Toya. That's all I can oh say. My it, it must be an important episode, <laughs> you know, an important topic. So, yeah. So today <laughs> we are talking about dating and relationships as an independent woman. All the women independent, throw your hands up at me. Sorry, I just had to say it. <laughs> had to do it. I'm sorry, y'all. You know you wanted to do it too. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Destiny's child. Oh my goodness. So what does dating as an independent woman mean? Wow. Uh, a lot. You know, I would say... I think dating as an independent woman means that you, you know, are ambitious, that you are responsible, that you are taking steps toward fulfilling your dreams and your goals, you know, that you are making money, you are a boss, you are doing your thing, you know, and you're not necessarily waiting around, you know, for, um, you know, to be in a relationship, but you are like pursuing your life fully and completely and wholeheartedly. Yes, and I've been thinking about this all week. Most independent women, they take care of themselves, they make their own money, pay their own bills, Mm -hmm. and there's not really anyone to really affect their Mm self-confidence and their stability. And so I've been thinking about how often sometimes being strong-willed and outspoken and self-sufficient and how that can be perceived as emasculating toward for men or intimidating so, right mm-hmm. so either yeah they can appear to be uninviting mm-hmm. so how do independent women overcome that misperception that's a great question and i know i spent especially when me and my husband were dating there were things that I intentionally did to make sure that he knew that I needed him, number one, and number two, to, um, you know, to let him be the man in the relationship. Like, literally, um, I think as independent women, and there's nothing wrong with being independent. Do not do not get me wrong. But I will say this. I think you have to, um, you have to be willing to be open to being in a relationship. I know for several years I had, you know, this, I won't say indivisible because or in invisible, but I feel like, um, I had this, this sign on my forehead. It, it dudes looked at me like, don't mess with me. Like leave me alone. <laughs> and I had to consciously take that sign off and be like, I'm open. I can talk. I can engage, you know. And so I would say as an independent woman, you have to be intentional about wanting to be in a relationship and intentional about wanting to get to know people um, and and embracing what they have to bring to the table you know not feeling like okay I have everything if you have everything then what do you need a man for just just being real you know what I'm saying so and and for some women that can be like gosh that does that mean I have to you know be weak or play coy or what have you no it just means you let a man be a man you don't have to open your door you can let somebody open the door for you. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, Absolutely. you know, you can let a man treat you to a meal like and expect and expect without giving anything in return. Like so literally being intentional about letting a man be a man, just like you want to be independent and as strong as a woman. Let that man be strong as a man. Like, seriously. I know I had to do some adjust adjustments in my life uh, mm-hmm. before I met Ryan, because 
I knew that I was strong-willed and very opinionated. And Mm -hmm. sometimes I know that came off Mm -hmm. as very uninviting. Mm -hmm. But I had to learn to relax and let go of some things and just let, like you said, let Mm -hmm. him be be the man. Yeah. And I loved it. Mm -hmm. I loved it. Ryan was a is a take charge type of man. And it's kind of nice when you don't have to think of everything and do everything yourself. You just let him be the man. Now, it's cool. If I ever had to, I could do it on my own. Mm -hmm. But I don't have to. And I love him for that. And I appreciate him for that. And I think as women, we have to learn to do that because it's a beautiful life. It really is. It really is. It really is. It really is. So what do you think the purpose of dating is? Because I know a lot of young people, sometimes they want to date just to be just to be dating Hanging out. Just because their friends mm-hmm. got, you know, boyfriends. Some people just want to date just so they can have something to talk talk about with mm-hmm. the girlfriends. Oh, they're so, cute. Yeah. You want to, you know, get to know them. So what is the purpose of dating? Honestly and truthfully, the purpose of dating should be to find a spouse, in my opinion. And that, you know, that's like, well, what? You know, I'm not trying to get married and I'm 13, 14, 15, 16, or even in college. Like, I'm not trying to get married right now. Okay, well, let's talk. Let's really talk about um, your purpose behind dating. Because I don't think there's anything wrong with companionship. I don't think there's anything wrong with friendship. But I think you have to be on the same page of, as far as what your intentions are, you know, regarding your relationships. Because it can get blurry. It can get cloudy real easily and real clearly, you know, real clearly, real easily. So really just pay attention to that. But I would say, honestly and truthfully, the purpose of dating should be to find a spouse. Now, it took me a minute to kind of get that concept. Mm-hmm. I started dating in high school and not by permission at all. <laughs> not by permission at all. I was just dating because I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And it was my mom said, well, what, why did like once she found out it was like a whole year later? <laughs> it's like, why are you dating? And I didn't really have an answer for her. <laughs> But because <laughs> I like said, him, right? Because I like him, or I love him. I, you know, we gonna get married one of these days, right? Mm. <laughs> I, I did not understand the purpose of dating, mm-hmm. and I think if you're a parent mm-hmm. of um, children, and you have to have conversations with your children at young ages, and kind of prepare their minds and I think that that part was missing um, for me growing up I didn't really have an open communication with my mom and so therefore I tried to sneak and hide the person that I was dating because she always said like you can't date till you're grown <laughs> so you know and I grew up in an old school household where you know we, we would get spankings well <laughs> whooped <laughs> whooped <laughs> So I was scared to even tell my mom that I was dating or that I was interested in dating. So that's why I snuck around for a whole year before they even found out. So in thinking about that um, and reflecting on my experience, I think with the daughters that I have, I'm trying to cultivate an open line of communication with them. So when they are um, of age and mature enough mm-hmm. and ready to date, I want them to be equipped Absolutely. to understand, number one, the purpose of dating and how to date, how to set boundaries. I want them to be knowledgeable, even if they don't date until they're in college. Someday you're going to have to let your children go and they're going to be in the world by themselves and they're going to be able to make decisions for themselves. And I want my children to be equipped to know what to look for um, in a potential spouse. Yeah. Um, So that's one of the things that I've been reflecting on this week is just how can I ensure that my daughters um, will be knowledgeable in the purpose of dating and how to date. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would say for me, I started dating. I had my first boyfriend, I should say boyfriend, boyfriend 
my freshman year of high school. And uh, once again, we were friends. We I'd known him for like years. And um, I remember walking down the hallway. We were walking after a pep rally or something. And we were like, you know, are you going to the homecoming dance? Are you going to the homecoming dance? Who are you going with? Blah, blah, blah. You know, he's like, well, I want to go with you. And I was like, oh, okay, let's go. You know, so we went to homecoming as friends. And then um, he officially asked me to be his girlfriend, maybe like two or three months later, or what have you. And we dated. And um, I appreciated having the opportunity to engage with a guy like that and to get to know him like that I mean we were very our our mothers were in communication with our parents were in communication with one another you know once again we had that foundation of friendship which I appreciated because I felt like there was a level of respect that was already there you know um and I mean of course he was a boy he would try to push the boundaries and try to you know do x y and z but still it was we had a foundation there. So if it was like, okay, pump the brakes or, you know, I ain't going there, what have you, like we were able to have those types of conversations. But I appreciated having that relationship in that time of life for me because it built my self-esteem in some cases. I was like, oh, I'm in a relationship, I have a boyfriend or what have you. But then it also taught me how to effectively engage with the opposite sex. So um, I appreciated that. Now, were we trying to get married or anything? I remember after we broke up, I ran into his mom at the mall and she was like, oh, I was hoping we'd have little Mayarinas one day. I was like, Mayarinas? Like, what? <laughs> Well, you know, she was naming your kids. She was ready, but I was like, uh, no, I'm only 15. Sorry, you know. So all that to say, it's very easy to see how dating can open that door as far as the prospect of marriage is concerned, you know. But once again, that foundation of friendship is why I strongly believe in having circles of friends, like group dating, all of that when you're a teenager or in, you know, um, a preteen even if you're if you're trying to, you know, express interest that young. But I, I would say as a teenager, I think group dating is probably the best because you still need to le learn how to engage with the opposite sex. And for me, that was a challenge, you know, when I didn't have male friends, I was either like, oh, my gosh, don't look at me, don't talk to me or oh, my God, are you my husband? And so I think it's still important to have those um relationships but i think it should be rooted and grounded in friendship before you take that step to try to be exclusive because it just opens the door to so many different things like yes. really yes i definitely agree with that statement yeah. definitely need to be friends first mm -hmm. um and it took me a while i think i had about three serious boyfriends mm -hmm. i dated uh, one for about four years, the other one about four years, and then, of course, Ryan. Mm -hmm. um, so I learned how to be friends mm -hmm. with um, Ryan, and it was a very fast thing, mm -hmm. but I knew it was from God. Amen. So God had worked it out, and I know last episode I was telling um, the audience about the previous mm -hmm. relationship and how we broke up mm -hmm. and um, how he was killed in the accident. And I remember praying to God and saying, Lord, I do not want to get to know someone for another four years mm -hmm. and waiting for a potential proposal. Like, yeah. I didn't want to do that. And so God worked it out um, <laughs> with Ryan yeah. where I did not have to wait that long. Amen. Everything happened really fast mm -hmm. for us like we met and then we got engaged four months later mm -hmm. and then got married six months six months later mm -hmm. so all within a time span of 11 months and i had total peace um throughout that entire process and so it's this will be nine years nine years That's this awesome. year and i'm just like wow god I just appreciate you for mm -hmm. knowing what I needed mm -hmm. and giving me the desires of my heart mm -hmm. without making me, you know, wait <laughs> four years to get to know him. Yeah. And, you know, it everything was smooth sailing mm -hmm. with Ryan. And I just so appreciate God for answering my prayers. That's awesome. I would say, um, and did you share? Well, I think you shared in previous episodes, but can you share a little bit about your dating experience? We talked about high school, your dating experience in college. Okay, dating experience in college. I 
broke up with the high school boyfriend Mm -hmm. um, after my freshman year in college. Mm -hmm. And then you remember I was like, I felt like I was free. (laughs) I was like free. Uh And so (laughs) I... I started just kind of dating mm-hmm. guys, not seriously. I did not have a serious boyfriend in college gotcha. after that. Mm-hmm. I was just kind of hanging out with different guys, letting them take me to the movies, out to dinner. I didn't have a one set, you know, this is my boyfriend type gotcha. of thing. Okay. I think I was more friends uh-huh. with guys. Mm-hmm. And when I would start to get the feeling that they wanted something more mm-hmm. then I would kind of back off because I was like eh, I'm not for me right now mm-hmm. so I had that issue in, in oh. college and I really started to learn how to discern the wolves in sheep clothing because well. I started saying God I, I want a Christian man mm-hmm. and so then I would meet these guys and then they would tell me that they were Christian Christians. And then later on, they'll say, oh, I'm celibate. And um, and then a, a couple months later, they'll be asking for like pictures of me. I'm like, what? <laughs> what kind of picture you want? I'm celibate. Like, but this is what I do to stay celibate. Yeah, you know, like, I got to. Yeah, they were saying like, out. put on put on a swimsuit and take a picture, like stuff like that. I was like, what? <laughs> I I thought you were, you know. So I had that issue where men, once they found out that I was a Christian Mm -hmm. and I was waiting um, to engage in sex, they would almost kind of put on this mask Mm -hmm. and say, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian, too, you know, type of thing. And kind of try to play the part a little bit. And that's how I kind of to learn how to discern. Mm -hmm. And that's where that that started for me. That's yeah, and we we're gonna get into that because there's some wolves in sheep's clothing, and unfortunately, it's it's some in the church, y'all. I mean, some people have told us because we did, although we don't have any guests today, we try very hard, y'all, because I know <laughs> we both married. We were like, should we have some single women on this church? I mean, on this church, on this show, but we were like, uh, we you know, so we reached out and we just it was just crazy. So all that to say, we did at least get feedback from women that are still single that are actively dating, and that was one some of the feedback that was given, like you know. Like, be mindful even of men in the church. And so we will talk about red flags to look for. You know, how do you know, like you said, if somebody's a wolf in sheep's clothing, all of that. So but I would say um, for me, dating in college, I did not date in college. I, um, If you guys have read, and this is a whole nother conversation, um, but if you've heard of the book, I Kissed Dating Goodbye, I read that my freshman year in college and decided to kiss dating goodbye like literally to spend those next four years focusing on God that was uh, freshman year of college was when I rededicated my life to Christ and was like I'm really going to do this for me not for my parents not for anyone else um, you know but for me and to really develop personal convictions so I did and um, you know grew in Christ and had an amazing time developed some amazing um, friendships during that time but when I graduated from college I felt very dysfunctional in my male female relationships like even as far as guy friends were concerned like I did not know how to effectively engage with the opposite sex like I said I was either like don't look at me don't talk to me or oh my god are you my husband and this is what our children's names are going to be and you know like I literally was like zero to 100 on one end of the spectrum or the other and so that's where that whole sign on the forehead came from like don't mess with me don't you know and people (laughs) would try people would you know give attention and start conversations and I was always like leave me alone blah 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 and and it wasn't because I did not want to date but it was because I felt very dysfunctional like I did not know how to effectively engage with the opposite sex in a healthy way and so it was probably not until my mid to late 20s where I was intentional and this was actually after um, we talked about therapy during our last episode this was after I had gone through um, one of my first therapy sessions where I was like, okay, you know, and and had to deal with some daddy issues where I felt like, okay, let me like really work on this, like really try to engage the opposite sex 
and just be comfortable, like in my own skin, be able to have conversations and maybe go out on a date or two, but just to like take the sign off the forehead (laughs) and (laughs) put a smile on your face and actually look like you want to strike up a conversation. And so I did date um, some in my late 20s right before I met my now husband. And so that process was um, good because I felt like I was just kind of learning, if you will, how to engage. So um, as far as our dating relationship, it was very um, it was very interesting. I knew I knew when he first asked me out, I was like, he's going to end up being my husband just because I was like, I felt like God had a sense of humor where all this time I've been, you know, looking across the room or looking, you know, um, expecting somebody to come in my life when he was already in my life, like literally right under my nose. But I knew we were supposed to be together because our purposes aligned. Like we had similar callings, you know, to the arts and entertainment industry. And we had such an amazing friendship. I think for me, the fear was if this doesn't work, like, gosh, you know, I don't want to jeopardize our friendship. We had a lot of mutual friends I was like I don't want them to feel awkward around us if this doesn't work out so we we dated quietly if you will for probably about three or four months just because I was like okay let me make sure like sure sure like this is like supposed to be what it's supposed to be like you know and then we kind of you know did the press release if you will maybe like three or four months after that so but it was an incredible journey I feel like we experienced a lot of highs and lows in our relationship uh, but I intentionally had to take steps in that independent dating process it, all the way down to um, when he first asked me out I was like okay so you want to hang out you want to kick it like I really wanted him to spell out like, no, I want to take you out on a date. I am interested in you because it it was important for me to know what a guy's intentions were. I had been in other situations where we're casually hanging out, but you getting all my time. You getting a lot of my time. You getting a lot of my focus. And I don't know where this is. Like, are we friends? Are we more than friends? Are you trying to pursue me? You know, because that's important to me. I think knowing where a person stands helps helps me as far as the time that I give you because my time is precious my attention is precious and let's be honest women we get emotionally attached very we quickly do. and very easily you so start imagining what your kids gonna do. look like what your, so, la- your new last name gonna be exactly. so I'm not giving you all of that <laughs> if you're just trying to be friends now if you're just trying to be friends we go to the movies when I'm going to the movies with my girl maybe you know every now and then but you're not getting my time every weekend you're not getting all my text and all my talk time you're not you're not doing that if you're just trying to be friends because I I don't do all of that with just my friends so being intentional is really key you guys really so what does a healthy dating relationship look like I I guess that's the question um we need to talk about Mm -hmm. before we talk about what an unhealthy dating relationship looks like let's Mm -hmm. talk about a healthy relationship uh I think and kind of picking up where we left off I think communication is key like you knowing where you stand in the relationship I think if a if a guy is serious about pursuing you, then he should make that known and he should be clear in making that known. And as a woman, we can't be afraid to ask, okay, how do you, how do you see us? Where, what do you, what do you think about this relationship? Now, maybe not off the bat on the first date, you know what I'm saying? Like, Take some time, get to know one another. But if you see that, if you find yourself spending more and more time with this person, you know, I would say, you know, um, one to three months down the line, it's important to have that conversation. Like, okay, what, what are we doing? Because communication is, is very important, you know? So I think a healthy relationship has healthy, has clear expectations, I think also a healthy relationship has clear boundaries. That's a whole nother conversation or topic that we can have, especially if you're trying to, like you mentioned earlier, if you're trying to abstain and not have sex until you're married, I think it's important to have those conversations very early on in the relationship, you know, um, to be upfront with somebody that's pursuing you saying, hey, I, I don't have sex you know, while I'm dating, I, I, I'm not I'm saving myself until marriage to be clear so that that person knows up front. But then also, too, so that you're not waiting until you get in a moment into one of those moments when it's like, OK, 
something could happen here. I think it's very important to know that and communicate that up front. And then once you guys are on the same page regarding that, to have real boundaries. I will say um, Chris and I, as far as boundaries were concerned, we set them, but we had to cross some boundaries in order to realize how much we needed them. Um, We were in our early 30s when we started dating. And me personally, I was like, I'm grown. I can do what I want to do. You know, Chris came into the relationship very like, we're not doing this. We're not doing that. And and me being the hot hot girl that I was was like, I'm about to push these boundaries and see what. And it wasn't even like physical boundaries. It was like, you know, he was very particular about movies he watched and songs he listened to. And so I was just like, oh, whatever. Don't be such a dope dope. Like, you know, and but at the same time, those boundaries, they're there for a reason and they're important. And so I think for us, we had to realize how important those boundaries were before we got on the same page saying hey okay it's important that we not hang out at one another's house past a certain time or that we you know don't watch or engage in certain things together like media wise when you take in certain things it can like jack you up mentally you know and you start trying to play stuff out and it's like okay no so setting boundaries I think is very important regarding a healthy relationship so those were two things I would definitely say I definitely agree agree with the communication mm-hmm. and knowing up front the expectations mm-hmm. um, I know when me and Ryan uh, we were dating we both had the same mindset as far as let's wait till we get married mm-hmm. um, before engaging in sex um, we, we talked about those and I knew his expectations he knew mine Mm-hmm. Um, I knew his intentions very early on yes, in the relationship. Um, it's all, It was almost immediately mm-hmm. um, that I knew that he was my spouse. Mm-hmm. And it was the same for him mm-hmm. as well. So I knew dating him where it was going to go. Mm-hmm. Like I knew that he was my husband. Yeah. And I appreciate him being so upfront and honest with me very early on that's why it didn't take long for him to you know propose to me four months later and that it doesn't necessarily have to take long Mm -hmm. if it's from god Mm -hmm. um it's like i said that my other two boyfriends i dated for four long Mm -hmm. years Mm -hmm. but with ryan it was so quick Mm -hmm. um and i just appreciate him being upfront and you know in his communications and his expectations mm-hmm. and where he saw me yeah um i so appreciated that um honesty and um yeah that, that's what i absolutely I, I, I would say communication and expectations mm-hmm. honesty is very important so even as you're hearing tips on or or i should say um well tips of a healthy relationship it should help you to clarify what some of those red flags are. You know, it really should. Um, So definitely intentionality, definitely intentionality um, and clear communication and then boundaries are very important. So let's talk a little bit about unhealthy relationships. Mm. So this one is a big one for me. Um, (laughs) What an unhealthy relationship looks like. And I will say and I'm, I know I've only dated three people, so you can almost kind of <laughs> figure out which one I'm talking about. But I was in an unhealthy relationship um, with one of my um, previous boyfriends. Mm-hmm. And what that looked like um, to kind of give you an overview of what an unhealthy relationship looks like is if a person checks your phone or your Mm. emails without permission, if they're jealous, um, if they're insecure, if they have some insecurities, or if they have some anger issues. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so one particular person that I dated um, had some very, uh, very obvious anger issues to the point where sometimes um, he would punch holes in in the wall and stuff like that and even some of the verbal things that he would say to me it was uh, it wasn't physically abusive Mm -hmm. he wasn't physically abusive towards me Mm -hmm. but he was definitely he definitely had some verbal abusive tendencies gotcha and so when i told my mom about who i was dating um moms know best sometimes because once you know after 
she found out a year after we I was dating him. Um, and he came over and introduced himself and he asked for permission. And I guess my parents were like, well, y'all, y'all already I been know. dating. So I get, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to say no now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she gave us her blessing and my mm-hmm. dad gave us, gave us, you know, his blessing. And so she eventually was, she was like, I don't know about him. She was like, I just, I mean, he has a great heart and, but I, I see, um, that he's going to have some anger issues. And mm. this was before I even started seeing any red flags wow. and signs. And But she had even, she picked up on something um, in his spirit that she mm-hmm. knew that he had anger issues. And so I didn't really get to see a lot of those issues until I became isolated away from my family and friends. When I came here to Georgia, he came closer to where I lived and of course my family they lived in Missouri and so that's where I started to see some of those red flags of punching holes in the wall and who are you going out with um and he didn't want any when we would go out together he he didn't want anyone looking at me he would go off on people as if he was ready to fight someone just for like looking at me um giving me a compliment he didn't want anybody basically talking to me Mm. and it was always like who who are you going to the movies with which friends and call me when you get back and it it was just a lot and so I was like when I tried to break it off with him um he was like oh I'm just gonna kill myself you Mm. can't you can't leave me I'm gonna commit suicide like it was crazy because if someone says that they're gonna kill themselves in my mind I'm like if you if you're going to kill yourself, does that mean you could kill me too? Mm. And so um, I'm just, God was bringing things back to my memory Mm -hmm. last night. And I was like, Lord, why you wait to the day before we do episodes to be bringing stuff back to my memory? That's why. (laughs) And so I even remembered um, before I was getting closer to God, this woman, she prophesied to me and she said, cast not your pearls before swine. Mm. And I said, okay, um, I didn't really quite understand what she meant. And I didn't even realize at the time that it w- that was even in the Bible. I actually had to do some research yeah. um, on for myself. Mm-hmm. And when I researched it, and I wrote down the scripture last night when I went back and looked. It's in Matthew chapter 7 mm-hmm. and 6. In the King James Version, it says... Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. And then the NIV version says, do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you up to pieces. Mm. So in that particular passage in the Bible, Jesus was preaching to... um, he was doing his sermon on the mount, and he was speaking to his disciples about, um, I guess, like, don't preach to a re- to an audience that's not receptive. Yeah. But after really analyzing that time period in my life, I applied that scripture to mean to me, don't waste good things on people that don't appreciate it. Yes. So in at that point in my life. I had to stop giving my heart away to someone that didn't appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And it took me a while to actually fully understand that because I wasn't really in my scriptures mm-hmm. like I should have been at that um, time period in my life. But I don't know who this is for. But if you are in an unhealthy relationship, get out of it. Yeah. Get out of it. You got to realize. There are a lot of red flags. Yeah. Know your value and know your worth. You know, um, there are two key things that you said. Number one, one important red flag is isolation. If you're with somebody that wants them all to themselves, wants you all to themselves. And, you know, you kind of feel like, oh, it's because I'm so special. I mean, yes, you are special. But at the same time, somebody that wants to keep you in isolation 
it's 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 a red flag because they are hiding something. They have something that they're trying to hide and they don't want other people around you to call them out basically. So you got to be, especially if you feel like this relationship is going somewhere, it has potential to be serious. They need to know your family, meet your family. They need to know your friends, meet your friends and you need to know their family and meet their friends. Like, like somebody else in their life you need to know and be in contact with because they will either vouch for their character or be like, I don't know who you dating. They plan putting up a good front, like for real, <laughs> for real. But that, that exposure is real is very important. So isolation is a very important red flag. Do not ignore it. And I get it. You know, when you're in a new relationship and you boot up, you know, it's very easy to lean into that relationship, but you still want to make sure that you in, engage, other aspects of your life you know don't kick all your girlfriends to the curb because you know if something happens to that relationship your friends gonna be like oh now you want to be with us like you know like really make sure that you still have some balance to your life you know instead of it being all about this new relationship that you're in so isolation is a very important red flag and then like you said knowing your value knowing your worth knowing what you bring to the table because if you don't have any value if you don't have any worth then when you're in a relationship they can treat you any old type of way and you'll just accept it you know whereas when you do know your value and you do know your worth you can say hey this is what I like this is what I expect and get it and receive it and don't be afraid if you don't get it or if you don't receive it to be like okay this might not be the relationship for me do not feel like you have to settle and we'll talk about what it looks like or what it means to settle because some people be like well if he ain't making six figures and he ain't driving the bins then I ain't trying to settle that's not the type of settling I'm talking about y'all so but anyway know who you are know your value know your worth know what you bring to the table and you know don't be afraid to um to expect to be retreat to be treated a certain way that's that's powerful yeah um and how i got out of that unhealthy relationship let me tell you because it was almost like he was playing with my mind of and, course. and yeah. you know making me feel like you know i that he was the only one mm-hmm. and so god had provided a way of escape for me um it was like a whole month that I hadn't heard from him. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. I guess we're just broken up, right? We're broken up, mm. I guess. I'll just move on. And so eventually he called and he told me, you know, I I was in jail for a whole month. Oh, no. And I I was like, no, I can't. Uh uh-uh. uh, nope, can't do it. Yeah. And at that point, gotta put distance between us. So it was easier for me to just be like, I'm done. Nope. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got a lot of things going on in my life. I'm in college and mm-hmm. trying to focus on my school, and I'm playing volleyball and basketball and running yeah. track. Like, I just, I don't have time for it. And so he had provided a way of escape for me. And even though he tried, even after I said, nope, we're done, he kept trying and pursuing me. And I was just like, nope, nope, nope. When you get those chances to escape, take them. I ran and I did not <laughs> look back. I did not look back. And I'm so thankful um, for that because I remember at a point in my life, I was like, oh, Lord, you know, just change him and work, you know, yeah. <laughs> change him. Let him be mine, you know. No, no, not for me. Mm-mm. When it when it's a no, take it. Yeah. And women don't be afraid to not be in a relationship. You know, I think sometimes we hold on to things that aren't the best for us because we don't want to be alone, you know, and that's not good. Like, that's not good. And honestly, that is why we have spent as much time as we have in these like we're five episodes in and we're just now talking about relationships because we wanted to make sure that there was as strong a foundation laid as possible with being the woman, the whole woman, you know what I'm saying? Like being the healthy woman, being the holy woman, being the loved woman who loves herself and knows that she's loved by God. Like all of that has to be in play before you even entertain being in a relationship, because that's the only way you'll be able to see clearly if a relationship is for you or not. So we had some people send in some questions. We did. 
And we want to kind of answer some of those questions. Absolutely. Um, because I know we live in this generation now. Well, we don't. It's a different. We're married, but it's a different. It's a different ball game, y'all. Yeah, y'all in the swipe left, swipe right, and what are those little dating tumble Tinder, Tinder tumble something? It's real in them streets, Lord. It's real. Thankful (laughs) I did not have to grow up and and date in this generation. Um, But some of y'all sent in some very interesting questions Mm -hmm. that we want to address. Yeah. So one of the question. Um, that was sent was how did you navigate being in or leaving relationship relationships that you knew God was not central in? And I kind of mm-hmm. already yeah. answered that question, but do you, do you want to go ahead and answer that one? Uh, I would say being honest with yourself first. And then I would also say being honest with that person, you know, uh, and, and, and just letting them know like, Hey, this is what I value. This is what I think is important for me and in my life. And it's important that whoever I'm in a relationship with, you know, that they value that as well. You know, um, just be honest. And if you feel comfortable enough in the relationship to remain friends, then remain friends. I know most guys are like, ah, I don't want to be friends after you broke up with me or what have you. But I mean, <laughs> as my husband nods his head, but if you if you feel comfortable enough to be to remain friends, remain friends. But I would just be honest with them about what you value in a relationship and what you expect whoever you're in a relationship with to value as well. And if you don't feel like they align, you know, let them know, you know, and and you know, let them know that you're you're okay with still remaining friends, but you can't necessarily be in a relationship with somebody that doesn't value the same things as you. And this was a process for me. It was a yeah. learning process. It took time for me to really learn the voice of God and the mm-hmm. ways that he was speaking to me. He would speak to me through dreams and situations yeah. and all different sorts of ways through other people. Mm-hmm. And once I started picking up on those signs and the ways that God was speaking to me, I started breaking up with people a lot sooner, mm-hmm. a lot quicker. I was like, I don't want to waste any any of your time or any more of my time yes. um, or money. That's real. <laughs> or money. Um, so definitely just learning um, the ways that God speaks to you and just really listening to that voice yeah. as, it, as it relates to relationship but you have to have a relationship with god in order for that you know for that to be the case you know and you have to know your value and your worth in order for that to be the case so again that foundation is important otherwise you'll find yourself standing relationships just because you don't want to be alone or you don't you know you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings or you don't know what your value and your worth is so it's important and then the next question that someone asked was, can religious differences break a, a relationship? Mm. Can it break a relationship? Uh, yes, it can. I, I will say this. Um, and and uh, uh, it's a tough it's a tough question because, you know, you can you can be in what seems to be a great relationship and you guys just happen to believe two different things, you know. And but when the rubber hits the road and when I say when the rubber hits the road, I mean, Every relationship, every lifelong relationship, which is what um, a marriage is supposed to be. And if you're if you're dating to get married, you know, that's what it's going to evolve into. Every lifelong relationship has ups and downs. And when you have those ups and downs, that's when it is absolutely most important to know that you guys are on the absolute same page. You know, I use um, my marriage as an example where, I mean, I d- could not predict, you know, the types of hardships that we would go through. But it was in those moments that I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that I married the right person because he rose to the occasion every single time. It's like he grew, you know, six inches in my eyes every single time we experienced or hit a bump in the road. He was like it, it was almost like this is what he was made for, where it's like, OK, this is what we're going to do, you know, or this is how we're going to handle it. And you want to make sure that you have that you're in a relationship with somebody like that, that can carry the load, that can carry the weight when things get hard, because they will get hard. Mm-hmm. They will get beyond a shadow of a doubt. They will get hard. And your hardship may look completely different than my hardship. But 
you're going to have hardship that, you know, in this life, you will have trouble. That's what the word of God says. And you want to make sure that you're in a relationship with somebody that can handle those hardships. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is, you know, when you start building a family, you want to make sure that you're on one accord as it relates to the values and beliefs that you have. You know, that is and you could definitely speak to this, Toya, but you definitely want to make sure that you and your spouse are a united front as far as how you raise your children and the values that you instill in your children if you have conflicting values and conflicting um beliefs beliefs, yeah that really creates tension in how you raise your children so it's very important if you're dating for marriage as i would say you should be that you're on one accord um and that's why i would say that you can't necessarily um date someone that has differing beliefs you can but it will definitely be challenging Yes, um, I would definitely go back to the purpose of dating. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're, the purpose of dating is to to determine if that person is your spouse, mm-hmm. and having, like you said, a potential family with that person, you definitely have to think about how you guys are going to raise your kids, um, what beliefs you're going to instill in them, their values. So you yeah. definitely have to think about that if you are trying to determine if you should date someone that has a different religious background yeah um and then the next question what do you wish you knew when you were dating what do you what do you wish you knew uh i would say that marriage is not always going to be a fairy tale I mean, we definitely have fairy tale moments, which I am like absolutely over the moon grateful for. But I mean, you're going to have those moments when it's like, okay, really? <laughs> like, what in the world? You know, what in the world? Uh, so I would just, just not allowing media or what you, um, even like, you know, even how you, I won't say how you grew up, but like, you know, the basically the the fairy tales that you hear as a child, but not allowing um, media and culture to create your expectations for marriage, allowing the word of God to create it. Uh, So I would say if I'd have known, I wish I knew when I was dating that, you know, everything was not going to be like amazingly perfect, but you will have ups and downs. And for me, I wish I knew that life was bigger than a boyfriend or bigger than good. a spouse. Life That's really is good. So much bigger than that. Um, it's bigger than oh, finally I can you know engage in sex with my husband. It's bigger than that. There's so many more aspects to life, and you don't want to get boggled down into thinking that you have to have a boyfriend or you have to have a spouse to feel like you are living it's way bigger than that there's many things outside of having a spouse and outside of having a boyfriend and can i say a lot of people look at marriage like it's going to solve other all their problems or it's going to be the end all be all and it's not like marriage if anything amplifies your problems (laughs) you know what i mean it really does if you if you were horny and you were struggling to have sex before you got married you know yes you can have sex once you get married but it's with one person y'all it's with one person so you know that don't mean that you just not gonna be dealing with lust you still gonna have to exercise exercise discipline you know what I'm saying you're going to have to exercise discipline Um, you know if you were struggling you know financially or what have you you know if you were struggling with anger or whatever like if you were all of whatever you are dealing with as a single it it it's like exponential when you're married because now you have to deal with it within yourself but you also it's impacting somebody else so however it impacts that other person could bounce off and impact you even more it's like you want to make sure that you are doing as much work as you can as a single person before you get married as possible because it just it just is amplified so marriage is not the solution it really really exposes honestly areas that you need to grow in even more so um do not look at marriage as the end all be all And another question that someone sent in, what's the balance between listening to others versus your own inward experience and intuition? Now, for me, like I said, when I when I was dating my first boyfriend, my mother kind of 
was telling me, hey, with using her intuition, she was saying, I think he's going to have anger problems. So I definitely think you need wise counsel surrounded by you for sure. And it's always wise to listen to others that have experience, um, more experience than you. You definitely need some mentors in your life and someone that you can trust and call and ask those questions to. Um, But you definitely have to have a balance in um, knowing whose advice you're taking. Yeah. Um, when you're dating, but Absolutely. I definitely think it's it's it is a need when you are pursuing relation uh, pers- pursuing a relationship. I know when uh, me and Ryan we were dating, we had wise counsel amongst us, mm-hmm. and they you know were confirming uh, with us that hey, mm-hmm. she's your spouse, he's your spouse. Yeah. So I definitely think you need wise counsel. Very, very important. Um, Wise counsel is incredibly important. I would say when Chris and I were dating, we had several couples that we would double date with, that we would just, you know, hang out with, talk to or what have you. Because or when we were struggling, we was like, okay, it's really hard not having sex. We need to talk to somebody like really. We had people that we could be really vulnerable and transparent with that knew both of us individually, but also knew us as a couple that could speak into our lives and could, you know, um, help us along the way. And so wise counsel is very, very important. And I would say if you are in a serious relationship where you think it is heading toward marriage, I would definitely, definitely recommend that you get some couples around you, some godly couples around you that can, um, you know, provide even greater insight and guidance along the way. And then I will also say, first and foremost, you want to make sure, which is why, and I'm always going to go back to this, make sure your relationship with God is intact because he's going to confirm, you know, he's going to confirm or or, you know, tell you, hey, this isn't the move and you have to be willing to, you know, follow whatever it is that he's showing you and telling you, you know, I've been in situations where he's been like, this is not the move. And I'd be like, oh, but well, maybe kind of maybe later, God, mm, you know, no, 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 <laughs> like really, no. And his and his when when the word says his ways are so high, so much higher than our ways, like he knows he knows and we're thinking oh well it's just a little this or it's just a little th-. no it can lead you down a path that can be so detrimental to you and you don't realize it you know let let God protect you let the Holy Spirit guide you so yield to whatever God is telling you first and foremost and then if he's telling you hey proceed you know this relationship is of me then make sure you do have some wise counsel around you people that know you individually as well as a as a couple you know people that have been in your life before you were in this relationship that know you you know and that can speak into you and pour into you and your relationship it's very important so how do you know here's another question Mm -hmm. how do you know that he or she is the one one. so for me it was definitely a piece that i felt and it, it was very different it was just something that i knew internally my holy spirit had confirmed when i met him that hey He's the one. And it's kind of hard to explain. Some people might say love at first sight. But it was definitely, um, my Holy Spirit was definitely confirming Mm -hmm. to me that he was the one when I met Ryan. Mm -hmm. Like the day I Mm -hmm. met him. And I I know it's strange for some people to believe or for that to happen to, Mm -hmm. but it happened to me. And I had total peace um, throughout the entire courtship. I had peace about it. I had peace about the engagement, Mm -hmm. all of it. And he like he helped make everything smooth for us. It Mm -hmm. was smooth sailing. So I definitely think the peace of God will, I I guess, kind of like oversee you Mm -hmm. and you Mm -hmm. will feel peace when you are with the one that you're supposed to be. That's good. You're not going to have a lot of conflict. Yeah. I would say, first of all, there's so much conversation around the one. Like, is there just one person that you're supposed to marry? And I've heard different conversations on it. You know, um, you know, some people believe that, you know, you could marry multiple people. It's just a mat. Not at the same time. We're not talking polygamy, but <laughs> that you could marry any, you know, one person at any given time. And some people believe there's only one person for you here on the earth. Like I, 
I don't really know about all of that. I do know when God, when I hear God clearly and when I hear God saying like, hey, proceed forward or, you know, this person is, you know, going to end up being your husband, that type of thing. So I would say for me and Chris, it was very clear when he first asked me out. I was like, God, you have a real sense of humor. Like we are going to end up married. Like this is crazy because I didn't know this cat forever. And he's like right here in front of me. Like I, I knew when he first asked me out that we were going to end up married, you know? So God made it very clear in that regard, as far as the whole one conversation, even we can have a similar conversation with the list, you know, cause every, every woman, whether they realize it or not has a list and men probably have it too, you know, of characteristics that they have in a spouse or what have you, you know, but I would say, um, you know, allow God to make it clear to you, you know, don't, don't be, don't yield or, or be, um, pinned in or boxed in number one by the whole concept of the one or even the whole concept of the list because God is bigger than all of that. God can and probably will blow all of that up. I'm just saying he will, he will do whatever he wants to do because he's God and our job is to stay as close to him as possible. So when we, so we know when he's moving and when he's not. So I would say, you know, and I'm not saying don't have any of that. I think that's all great stuff to have. But don't let that be your end all be all. Don't let that be what has the final say over your relationships. Let God have the final say over your relationships and lean into him and ask him to show you. You know, he may not show you, you know, in the, you know, in the blink of an eye or, or you audibly or what have you. You know, he may show you over time or he may show you in his word or he may use people around you to, you know, help confirm it. But lean into God as much as you possibly can and ask him to make it very clear for you, you know, whether or not this is somebody that you should be pursuing a relationship with that leads toward marriage. And again, don't be afraid of the answer, even if it's no, it's for our good. And it has taken me it is taking me a long time to realize when God says no, even that is for our good, even though it doesn't feel good. So, yeah. So it's time for an Eva moment. It is. What? What is one thing that our audience can take away from today's topic? Wow. I would say when it comes to dating as an independent woman, realize that even though you're strong, you're ambitious, you know, you're responsible, you are doing your thing. If you want to be in a relationship, you need to make room for that man. You need to make room for that man to be a man And you need to really, really lean into your relationship with God to know whether or not this is a relationship you would move forward into. All right. So now it's time for our noble character segment. So if you know a woman that you want to give praise to, a shout out or recognize for making a difference in their family, neighborhood, or on their job, then please go to our website at becomingevatoday.com and submit their name in the noble character tab. So today's noble character woman uh, was sent in by someone and This person is Dr. Nina Bronner. So Dr. Nina Bronner is a remarkable woman of virtue, purity, and love. She sets a great example of the blessings of living in God's will. She remained pure and married as a virgin, had five kids with her husband, and models the amazing love of Christ as a wife, mother, and grandmother. In addition to her family, she touches the lives of women through her women's ministry, women of the word, and she touches countless people through music as she serves as director of the worship and arts department at Word of Faith. She ministers in various conferences and services and is just an authentic at home as she appears to be on the stage. She is noteworthy noteworthy for many reasons but her purity of heart virtue and relentless love are truly amazing That's awesome yes so wonderful Ooh, dr. shout out nina bronner yes shout out to dr nina bronner i would say my noteworthy this week is actually someone very near and dear to my heart i call her my sister in love she's actually my husband's sister and I've known her gosh just as long if not longer than I've known my husband um, because we've served in ministry together but uh, I will shout out Mrs. Lynette Reed as my noble character for this week Uh, it has been an absolute honor 
and a privilege to just watch her journey and her walk as a single woman and now as a wife and a mother, like as a single mother, as a single woman, and now as a wife and a mother. I think I said that right. So, but anyway, um, I want to give her a shout out because her journey has been remarkable. It was evident even as a single woman that she just had very high standards and expectations for herself, but also for others and whoever she was going to be in a relationship with. And so when she did start dating, it was like, wow, this dude must be the real deal, you know, and they maintain a standard of purity until they were married. And now they have two beautiful boys, um, our nephews. And so I'm so, so excited and honored to have her in my life and to um, continuously witness that journey. So shout out to my sister in love, Mrs. Lynette Reed. Awesome. All right, so this week's Becoming Eva Challenge. If you're already married, then your challenge is to give someone advice on dating or advice on their relationship. If you are currently dating or single, then we want you to revisit your dating boundaries and we want you to think about some questions that you should ask before marriage, some questions that you should ask before marriage. And I will say to the married people, especially if, you know, um, someone comes to you or you feel like God has put somebody on your heart to speak to and share your story with, do not be afraid to share with them your mistakes. Like, honestly, most people can learn more so from your mistakes than they can from, you know, thinking that you've been perfect all along the way. So if there are areas or even challenges that you you may still be experiencing the goal of this exercise is not to show I'm perfect and I have it all together no the goal of this exercise is to build genuine relationships by being vulnerable and transparent with one another so don't be afraid to be honest even if it's about yes. your mistakes or your challenges that's how, that's how we learn and mm -hmm. that's how we help others by sharing absolutely our testimony sharing our experiences you see us out here being vulnerable every Saturday uh, and it's it's not easy at all for us to share especially not me it's not easy for us to share but we know that it will help someone else and we want you to approach it as well um and no one's perfect we've all made mistakes absolutely along the way um but the beautiful thing is that god is a god of grace and forgiveness and mercy and he restores and it's more important to share that story of restoration and how you overcame those challenges absolutely so next week we're going to be talking or you guys are actually going to meet the Moors <laughs> and Dawsonville. We'll have our spouses on the show as our first Becoming Eva guest. Um, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on the podcast app. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook at Becoming Eva. That's one word. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Becoming Eva Today. See you soon. See you soon. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Click subscribe on YouTube and subscribe to the podcast. Check us out at becomingevatoday.com or email us at becomingevatoday.com. See, See you next time. time.